Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we've got a nice 30-minute interview with uh, Clem, Barstool Clem, who's always uh, always fun to have him on and, and just talk Giants, a little more casual conversation instead of breaking down the Giants wide receiver five position, which we're about to do. Um, and, we, and we've got some injury updates, and I want to talk about the wide receiver five position, as aforementioned. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, we're home. We're home. I am in New Jersey. You are in the humid, sunny state of Florida. Thanks for everybody for following along for our Giants camp coverage for the last three weeks. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and very excited for the next two Sundays. We're going to get some New York Giants football. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, you know me, Justin. I, I probably, I don't think I say it on the podcast, but like usually on these trips by like the last couple of days, I'm just like dreading being there and i just want to be home this camp trip was like it was enjoyable like i definitely wanted to get back home but i thought the camp coverage was some of the more fun stuff we did um very enjoyable maybe it's because you don't have the stresses of wins and losses, wins and losses in the draft which are like the you know, the most stressful things of the year um but definitely was was cool and uh we saw a lot of, a lot of people enjoyed it so it was definitely definitely awesome but i will say by the end of it because the offenses look so bad and there's so many injuries and, you know, Tony hasn't been out there consistently like he was towards the first half of camp. I'm like, I'm good. I'm glad I don't have to keep going back because I don't want to keep talking about how things are bad. So let's so let's see the preseason games. Let's evaluate that. Uh, let's read the beat reporter tweets of, oh, things are bad and be like, ah, screw you. You don't know what you're talking about and just get excited for the season. Yeah, I think I was thinking about like taking this week and just like calling the the beat reporters fake news. They're lying. It's just practice. <laughs> All right, but we're gonna let's get into the podcast first. This episode was brought to you by some special people, Sandy Koufax. That's a real name. A real name. That's what I, I guess so. The Sandy and then, Koufax. And then Jim Gaffigan. So Justin, I can't believe. The, I wonder if it's the real Sandy Koufax. Justin, who who are? Who are these people? No doubt it's the real Jim Gaffigan. They went to patreon.com slash No, because Jim Gaffigan is a Colts fan, so maybe oh, it's just sorry. the same name, different guy. Maybe but I care co- about this guy more than the comedian Jim Gaffigan. Maybe, maybe maybe got the colors confused, blue and blue. Tough. Patreon.com slash Giants. That's where these wonderful people went for $2 a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live while we watch, while we watch, watch we, while we record the show as Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers, magnets in the mail. And then twice a month, uh, there's some shirt raffles that we do, and you can win some nice shirts. We're, we're starting to put some more some more shirts on the store. Um, don't always promote it, but there's some nice shirts on there. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. All right, Justin, before we get into the Clem interview, before we do some injury updates, I want to talk about Colin Johnson and Darius Slayton. It's just, I, w- I want to let the listeners know, like get, like, get a peek into my brain right now with this, because right now at the Giants wide receiver room, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, and Wandale are locks to be on the 53-man roster. Shep is a lock to be on the roster, but he could be on pup to start the season. We don't know. Could he could be back tomorrow? We've we've really got no word, no word on that. So after that, you've got Colin Johnson, Darius Slayton, Richie James, CJ Board might be able to stick around because of the specials. Um, and that's basically it for either seven, you know, for either. You know, two extra spots, three extra spots, possibly. And going into camp, I was very heavy on, like, Darius Slayton should be ahead of all those guys. Darius Slayton should be ahead of all those guys. And I still still maybe lean towards that. 
But I'm also leaning more towards maybe it is the right thing to just move Darius Slayton, trade him, not cut him. I, if they cut him for cap savings, I will be aggravated. That that's that has not changed one bit. But I maybe I'm moving more into the, you know what? I'm actually wanting them to trade Darius Slayton instead of being like I'd be okay with it. And but this is where my mind is at with Colin Johnson. I might go a little bit on a monologue. Four. He had seven catches for 86 yards. Uh, the other night, very good. He looked good. Like there's, there's no denying that. But on the other side, he had a fumble, and then four of the seven catches were more just like scheme catches. You know, it was uh, free release RPOs where the guys are playing ten yards off cushion, so you run a five yard out, five yard curl. You know, uh, and that was with Tyrod Taylor. The two, the two, but but you know, the RPO slant that was a really nice route with a good release that he had, and then uh, on that third down chain mover with Daniel Jones. I mean, he. He pre, you know, he had a corner pressed up. He got in, got his hands on him, moved him, swam underneath, and got open, and then got some yak afterwards on on a nice uh, third down conversion, uh, and then had the other one where Tyrod Taylor underthrew it a little bit on the sideline. So you know, just thinking about his game, but he does do some good things. Like I said, the line of scrimmage with his releases, he's a bigger guy. So, you know, your releases matter all the much more because he's not going to be the fastest guy in the world. He does have bat size. He's got a good catch radius. He's a capable of making those spectacular catches. We've seen it in a camp and we've seen it, you know, you saw it a little bit in Jacksonville with Mike Glennon. Uh, and in practice, we've seen him be able to stack and get in front of cornerbacks. But the other side of me says this, now, maybe I've watched him versus scrubs. And maybe when we're playing real NFL teams and not the Patriots uh, backups, uh, second and third stringers, or the Giants who may have the worst secondary depth in the NFL, maybe he's just not going to be able to st- uh, stack corners. Or when he's running that slant, the guys are going to be all over him. And if it's a curl route, the guys are going to be all over him. But with compared to Darius Slayton, he's got two years left of uh, his contract compared to one with Darius Slayton. Slayton has his drops, but Slayton's fast. He can stack guys. He can beat press. He can get open very quickly. Unlike Colin Johnson, Colin Johnson's not just going to naturally get open quickly um, and get that yak. But you look at their seasons last year because we bring up Darius Slayton's production a lot. Since uh, since Colin Johnson got some re- playing time week three, who had the best performance? Darius Slayton had five catches, sixty three yards versus Carolina. Chris Colin Johnson had the five catches, 51 yards versus Atlanta. Now, Johnson didn't do much out of that. And Slayton had three games with zero catches and zero yards. So, basically, my monologue is leading to the point of I'm struggling on whether Colin Johnson can be the reason you move off Slayton. Because be going into camp, I'm like, Colin Johnson is not a reason to move off Slayton. But he's done some good things in camp. He did some good things in the preseason. You see him do some smart things. He seems like a smart player. Brian Dable even mentioned that when talking about him in the press conference on Monday morning. Like, he's he's a smart player. So he might be smarter at, like, the, the ins and outs of, of wide receiver play than Darius Slayton, which we've seen Slayton have some issues with, like, hey, he took the wrong leverage on this route and he got cut out of a progression. So... Slayton has definitely proved a ton more in the NFL than Colin Johnson, but I don't know. Maybe Colin Johnson is is making me okay with trading Darius Slayton. But then another thing, the rebuttal to that is your outside wide receivers are then Kenny Galladay, Colin Johnson, and Kadarius Tony. Tony's injury prone, injured right now. Galladay uh, can be injury prone, and then even then, it's like okay, well then. 
if Tony goes down, your outside wide receivers are two bigger body guys who aren't going to get a ton of separation. Um, and I know Slayton's gotten not, not gotten the t- most separation in his NFL career, but he is quick and he can get open quickly. Where I don't know if Colin Johnson and Kenny Alde consistently can do that. Yeah, right now I am not on the boat of trading Darius Slayton. But if the Giants want to, if the Giants want to trade Darius Slayton, the Eagles on Monday sent J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to the Seahawks for uh, Ugo Amadi. Can't tell you who Ugo Amadi is. Can't tell you if he's going to make the Eagles roster. But do you, do you know something? You, you look like well, you Well, I was going to say that guy, that guy was going to get cut. Um at the 85-man cutdown days, I would just point to all the other wide receiver trades that didn't involve, like, top and kill wide receivers. Harry. And, he, and Kill Harry yeah, got that's, a seventh-round pick. That's one. It's six-round pick. That's what. That's one I would point to. You know, Isaiah Ford, those those type of picks so, I mean, more, are the ones well, The I overall point, point is Darius Slayton, if the Giants do want to trade him, will get something in return. It's not going to be spectacular, but if Darius Slayton gets, you know, a backup secondary player, um, you know, maybe even somebody who's a little bit worse than Isaac Yadam, if he gets back an interior offensive lineman or a, a tackle that, you know, can just be on the team and again, not be great because that's not what trading Darius Slayton's going to do, then fine. But right now, I'm not, I'm not on the boat of trading Dar- Darius Slayton just because of that same reason that you said of looking at we have bigger wide receivers as our backups, Kadarius, Tony, Sterling Shepard, everybody knows the reasons already. And I think the whole affinity with Colin Johnson right now is like, yeah, I think he has looked good. But Colin Johnson going up against backups and the camp that he's having against backups is the camp that we were hoping that Kenny Galladay would be having against starters. And I am not backing off that take. And that's why we're all so like, ooh, Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson is having the camp that we want Kenny Galladay to have, except it's coming against backups. Yeah, and that's why, like I said, it's like a it's like a battle in my brain because every time I make a point for Colin Johnson, the those points like are like are louder in my head. If Kenny Galladay was have was not having a dog shit training camp, then we would care a lot less about Colin Johnson. I'm. Th- I don't care about other people. I'm just talking about me talking. Like when no, I think of Colin where, Johnson, I think is, of Darius. I think of Darius Slayton, not Kenny Gall. Like I, when I'm thinking of Colin Johnson, my mind goes to how does that affect Darius Slayton? I could care less about what happens. With, well, that's you your know, brain. I, I'm just saying. Like, there's been a. I, I think I kind of started it a little bit. Um, there was a Twitter space that El Jefe said that I said something, and then I made a meme based off of what El Jefe reminded me that I said at camp. And then Giants Daily tweeted out something, which then Art Stapleton tweeted about something, which related to Colin Johnson versus Kenny Galladay, not Colin Johnson versus Darius Slate. So I'm taking credit for this discussion that's happening on Giants Twitter right now. So yeah, that's your brain, Colin Johnson versus Slayton. But uh, I think a lot of Giants fans' brains, just because of how similar Johnson and Galladay are, they're both taller guys, they wear similar numbers, even their skin tones are a little similar too. Yeah, you, so. when you're on the field, you gotta be like, okay, where's the guy with the tattoo? Is that so Galladay or Galladay. Colin Johnson? It's like, ooh, somebody with the with the teen number just made a nice catch. Ah, oh, shit, it's Colin Johnson, not Kenny Galladay. So. Yeah, you literally gotta look for the tattoos to see which guy's which. So that's where my brain's at. Yeah, and then like people are like, well, what about Richie James? Well, Richie James, I think... Slot, I think different position. Yeah. Like if Shep's on, if Shep is ready to go, I don't know if Richie, Richie James might be a surprise cut. If no. Shep's not ready to go, then Richie James is definitely on the roster. I'll punch you, you in the up. face if Richie James is cut. Um, but he's gonna get cut, and that's <laughs> that's not gonna be like the draft thing. Um, so it's just it's 
I don't know. But again, as I go through all of this, my mind goes like, you know what? Don't like keep Darius Slayton. Yeah. So unless unless someone's actually offering like like a six round pick, it's like okay, I understand it. New regime, get something for a guy that's probably not going to be here long term. That's a little depressing though for Darius Slayton. If you get a fifth round or better, it's like you can sell it on me a little more. But I just think at some point Darius Slayton might be needed, and I think hey, you know what? This guy might actually be a lot better in this uh, scheme compared to the last two years and even one of those years he led the team in receiving week one is not this Sunday but if week one was this Sunday is Kadarius Tony going to play Sterling Shepard's not going to play and Kenny Galladay is not a good wide receiver you need Darius Slayton on this team so I don't understand how that's going to magically change in a few weeks where oh okay Shep could be ready to go but is he ready to go 100% is Kadarius Tony ever going to be 100% this year because he's never been 100% in his career so far. You need Darius Slayton on this team. And I also want to point out that Colin Johnson's made a lot of good plays in camp. So has Darius Slayton, too. Slayton's on less couple- opportunities, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true as well. You know, Slayton's best day was when he's like he was solely working with the two. So, And I hate that I'm defending Darius Slayton like this. His PPP is coming out tomorrow. Oh, it is? That's, that's yeah. a, I didn't realize. So, you know, I hate that I'm, you know... I don't mean to like boost Darius Slayton's ego up here because he is the worst of the NFL at separating with Kenny Galladay, and he's one of the worst in the NFL at creating yards after the catch. So I don't mean to boost him up like this, but again, if we're talking about Darius Slayton as like a fifth stringer and as a guy who's like the first wide receiver to come off the bench if somebody gets hurt, and we talk, we we differentiate that on the PPP. So we'll talk about that tomorrow again. Well, if you want to hear battles like this. And you need a lawyer. You want to see some lawyer stuff? Or you just need a lawyer? Yeah. Siegel Law Firm is New York City-based personal injury and civil rights law firm. After I punch Bobby Skinner in the face if Richie James gets cut, he is going to call Siegel Law Firm. Yes, because I will need a lawyer after I murder you. (laughs) That's true. Uh, (laughs) What separates them? They They truly care about their clients. By the way, they are... They are Siegel Law Firm, not Seagal Law Firm. Yeah, really so think wanted of it, it to be. as like, like you know, if you're trying to remember what the name of it, it's like not Steven Steven Seagal killed a Siegel Siegel Law Firm. They have what they like to call a Jerry Maguire type approach with their primary, uh, where their primary concern is extreme client attention. This means clear, regular communication with clients, keep you updated on your case and providing assistance with medical providers and insurance issues. They hire the right experts and put every case in the best chance to, to, to succeed. It's like the Brian Dale Mike Catholic offense. They're going to put these guys in the best chance to succeed, unlike the last regime. They treat clients like family and have incredible client satisfaction as a result. A lot of firms say this. They actually do it. Treating clients like family is just one of their core values, and every decision they make is run through their core values. I like that. The, mis- the misconception that you cannot afford a lawyer is not true. There is no cost to consult with Siegel Law Firm and no out-of-pocket cost when they hand when they handle your case. You don't pay anything until we recover for you, and we then share in a percentage of that recovery. There is nothing to lose, people. Do not disqualify yourself from a case for no reason. It's a, it's always worth a call to Siegel Law Firm. Give Siegel Law Firm a call at 646-810-610. 3337 or visit them at siegel-lawfirm.com to get legal support you need that's s e g a l dash 
lawfirm.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, I added that last tagline, the you'll be glad you did. Oh, good. Um, Let's talk about injuries. Yeah, sure. Well, you put together like a power ranking of injuries. Why don't we go through that? Because yeah. I mean, the, the top two are the ones we, we want to talk about the most, and the rest we'll go through quickly. Okay, so I made a power ranking of a concern level exercise of Giants injuries right now. I did not include David Sills. I did not include, I think Austin Prohl is also hurt. Um, they'll go in the category of, do, do you even exist? So, spoiler alert, Ricky Seals-Jones is in the category of, do you even exist? So, if there's anybody we're not going to talk about during this segment, put them in the, do you, not, do you even exist category. So, the very concerned category. I have two names, Bobby Skinner. And there's Shane- the two names before you knew this, before I knew you had this list that I put down. I was like, let's actually talk about it. Shane Lemieux and Kadarius Tony. Shane Lemieux worries me the way Brian Dable talked about it when they said, like, do you expect him back? Is this could be something less long term? It's It sounds like it's and, more of a foot injury instead of just a toe injury like we talked about on the game recap. So they asked him if it was long term, and Brian Dable was like, well, what do you mean by long term? And <laughs> Jordan said, uh, well, into the season. He's like, gave like a look, and he's like, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You know, he's definitely got something that uh, he did that, he, that he's dealing with. And, man, especially when you you bring up that, Feliciano and Josh Azudu are on these li- on this list later. Ooh, I'm getting to him. We need Shane Lemieux, which is crazy to say. We need you Shane know. Lemieux even if Josh Azudu is healthy. Yeah, I, I would definitely prefer. I you know it's Azudu eventually has got to play anyways, but uh, that's the one that worries you the most. Obviously, coming off injury, but if you lose him, Josh Azudu, if healthy, is thrown into the starting lineup, and then you are one injury away. From playing a guy who was very bad last year in Ben Bredesen, and I know he had a good preseason game, but you are one injury away from playing a guy who was very bad last year and couldn't play on a team that had Matt Skura and Will Hernandez starting at guard. Yeah, when you put it With like that, with the coaching staff that didn't like Will Hernandez, by the way. When you put it when you put it like that, it doesn't make me feel great. And Ben Bredesen, who has gotten injuries himself, you know, he had two injuries last year. It is kind um, of why he didn't play last year either. So, again, Lemieux has had a good camp. Um, he also looked good in the preseason, but, again, I don't take too much away from offensive line preseason uh, tape, um, especially with guys who have actually played in the NFL. But Shane Lemieux, man, if if, you don't, if you're missing him, it's just – it's not even necessarily totally about, well, we're screwed without Shane Lemieux because Azuda's got to play eventually. But it's, you're just you're, – now you're one more away from total panic. I'm a little bit more worried than that because, yeah, I understand Azudu needs to play eventually, but that eventually is not now. That eventually, best case scenario, or I guess you can, in my brain, worst case scenario would be like, like eight week eight of this year. Like that was my thought process. Like maybe week eight this year, Josh Azudu, worst case scenario, there you go, is going to have to play. Not in the preseason when this dude has barely gotten more guard reps than tackle reps and he's already flawed and bad technique to begin with it's bad man it's bad i'm not downplaying it that showed up in the preseason with azuda where it's some of the same issues that he had in north carolina with his hands letting guys get into his chest and in the nfl level you're not gonna be able to get away with that like he was at at unc um 
you know, and it's it's less of it's your hands are just so much more involved in what you're doing on the inside, especially in this this offensive line scheme where you're jump setting guys a lot. So they Azulu's got stuff to work for, and again, he's on this list, so he's getting less and less work than all, we already needed. Yeah. Um. And then Feliciano left camp. Uh. Oh, David oh, made oh, it oh, seem oh. like he'll be Don't fine. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Well, we're Don't talking about the it. offensive line. Okay. All right. Well. I'll get to my slightly list, but Kadarius, Tony, I kind of have nothing let's to say. Let's just talk about the offensive line in All general. Right, let's just talk because... about the offensive line. So the two names that I have on my slightly um, concern level list, John Feliciano and Josh Azudu. They're on slightly. I'm slightly concerned. Yeah, Feliciano, suppose he's going to be back, so I'm not too stressed about that, but it does bother me. Like he had a hydration issue, which maybe wasn't necessarily high. Maybe he was sick. We don't know for sure. Um, and then uh, – and then Douglas Azudo, and then Douglas has been out too. But I don't care about Jamil Douglas. Yeah, he's on my not worried list because I don't care about Jamil Douglas. <clears throat> so again, I mean, right now, three of your four top interior offensive linemen are not practicing, and Shane Lemieux, which might be a longer term injury, and then Feliciano and Azudo ones who uh, seem like they're not as bad. Yeah, and Feliciano's important because we saw what happened to the line when he was out. Uh, for those five days, uh, we saw that they were having trouble communicating and the offense, that's that's when the offense started to not look good. Now, the offenses continued to not look good, um, even when Feliciano kind of came back, um, and that that's not necessarily on him, but Feliciano being the veteran in the room, the guy that knows the language of Bobby Johnson and Brian Dable, having him is significant, even if he's not the best of players. So um, I have him on my slightly worried list. Next is Kadarius Tony. Yes. It's just like going into that preseason game, it's like he's not playing tonight. Like, well, hopefully that's load management because if there's one guy that they would do that with, it's Kadarius Tony. But now he's not practicing this week. So now it's again, it's, 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 it's earned like being worried about with Kadarius Tony because it's just, it's always been one or another thing with the injury. We don't know specifically what this injury is because they don't have to file injury reports knee. this time of year. That's my, th- I, I think I saw a knee. Yeah, they they said they were working on his leg, like you know, stretching out his leg or whatever. But uh, Tony is so valuable to this team. I mean, think about the wide receiver conversation we had before. Galday, you know, he's in uh, the bad graces of everybody right now. Wandale, I think he's going to be involved a lot, but I, I'm not expecting him to just be the guy who carries this room. And then Shep, and then when, then we just we had a conversation about Colin Johnson versus Darius Slayton. Tony is the guy who can transform this offense. He is. And for him not to be out there in an offense that does have more freestyling than they're letting on. You know, I did a breakdown of that Richie James touchdown. There have been communicate. There's been serious communication issues in practice. You know, today from practice, it was reported that Jones after practice was went over with the receivers and literally was lining up at wide receiver and like showing him what they wanted and was, you know, using his hands of like, I want, you know, this here, this, you know, down here, whatever it was. So there's clearly been communication issues with this offense, Um, you know, and that's what uh, I think that's been a part of the reason with the blitzing nature of Wink Martindale that there's been issues in practice. Um, But Tony can be the guy that transformed it, but he needs that work with the communication in that and also like you you watch the game uh the the schematic stuff from the offense on thursday for the patriots there's a lot of stuff where it's like that's going to be tony 
you know, like these free release RPOs that they were doing, that's going to be Tony. You know, the screen to Darius Layton, that's going to be Tony. Yep. And then just the regular parts of route running. Uh, like Tony, Tony is like the most valuable guy on the offense, to, really, after Andrew Thomas. When you consider that now we have a good backup in Tyrod Taylor. Like, like Tony, Tony is the second most valuable player on the offense after Andrew Thomas. Yeah. I would even say more valuable than Jones right now. Which is well, crazy that's what I'm saying because we have a we have a backup we have a backup QB now in Tyrod Taylor. Where before we didn't, you know, last the last uh, two years, you know, if it, you know, Colt McCoy and Mike Lennon and and uh, Jake Fromm were horrible backup QBs. Yeah. Please don't tell me Colt McCoy was good. He was horrible. Anyways. Yeah, so that's it with Tony. Um, we'll see you when you see you, I guess. We'll see you when we see you. Um, and then the rest of this list gets, you know, just guys that we want to touch on. So, uh, uh, there are a couple other guys on my slightly concerned list. I have Andre Miller just because they haven't put him on any kind of list yet. I think he is going to stick around. How long is he going to be out? I put Matt Breida in slightly, even though I do think he is going to be back. Matt Breida before Monday was on the do you even exist category because we just didn't know where he was. He was out there during Monday's practice on the side, which was nice. We haven't seen him. Can I say something? Research Rick made a good point when he was asked. He was talking about Brian Dable's presser on Sunday. He sounds depressed. (laughs) Well, Pat Leonard asked, are any of these illnesses? Oh. And which would maybe mean that he knows something or not. But that's the thing now Now that the COVID restrictions have gone away, that they don't have to report these illnesses, and they're not going to if they don't have to. Uh, so if that's, I think that just peaks up with all those restrictions gone. It's like, think about all the guys that got COVID at some point last year. Like, it's going to happen, and especially yeah. now that they're not being strict on restrictions and stuff. So it's going to happen. It's just they don't have to report it, especially in training camp. Yeah. Yeah, so Matt Breida, sounds like Matt Breida was gone for maybe five days. Um, Not worried. My not worried list. A lot of names here. Cordell Flott, not worried. Groin, work through it. Rodarius Williams, he is running on the side. Jameel Douglas, not worried because you're not good. Leonard Williams, not worried because you're out there and you've been the best player in camp, but I don't, I want to put you in the not worried category. He's been out there on the side. Gary Brightwell, not worried because you're not good. Jihad Ward, not worried because you're not good. Ellison Smith, not worried because you're not good. Um, and then do you even exist? Like I said, Ricky Seals-Jones. That is my that is my 14th significant concern level exercise of the Giants injuries. My wanting of Quincy Roche to be moved with this depth chart, partly when Ward and uh, Smith left practice. Obviously, you don't want those guys to be hurt, and you want them on this. Pra- they want you practicing every day. But part of me is like, all right, now, now you're forced to play Roche. Like, yes. put his ass out there and let him play. Let him play some ball. Uh, but Ward's going to make the team. And, and Brian also with the not worry on those guys. Brian Dable made it seem like it wasn't for anything significant with them. Like they, they should. He said they should be good, which means I want to expect them out for more than a week. Um. All right, other other news before we get into the interview with Clem. The Giants claim Elijah Griffin, Warren G's son, by the way. He was a, a undrafted free agent on the USC last year, spent uh, on, on the Bills practice squad and was there on a futures contract. They waived him. Giants claimed him. And then we waived Michael Jaquette and Josh Rivas and then terminated the contract of Jared Wilson. So with all uh, – Michael Jaquette, you know, was one of those signings with Maurice Candy and Cleo Dorsey. So – Candy and Jaquette are both gone. And the two veterans in that room. 
like yeah. Jaquette and Kennedy, guys that we kind of maybe predicted make the 53. They're gone before the first cutdown day. Josh Rivas was the UDFA out of Kansas State, was never going to make their roster. Uh, Jared Wilson, I think, they, I think they're I think they liking their safety position with Trenton Thompson and Yusuf Corker a little more. So, the, But they have three more on Tuesday at 4 p.m., so you'll probably know who those guys are by the time you're listening to this. Justin, why don't you read an ad and we'll click, kick, it to, kick it to Clem. Click it to click it to Clem. Kick it to Clem. We got to talk about Roman. Guys, man-to-man, I care about each and every one of you. Even if you're a lady who's listening to this, know that I care about your guy. If you got a guy in your life, I care about you all. I want you to feel confident. And when you don't feel confident and, you know, maybe you have some you have some problems in the bedroom, it's not a fun feeling. Trust me, Danny King knows. He's told me about it. He's We've talked about it. I want you to take care of your testosterone health. The experts believe that testosterone affects everything from our libido to our blood health and even more. So if you're ready to show up for yourself from the inside out, start with Roman's testosterone support supplement. Here's why you need to care about it. Testosterone is an important part of a man's body and health, and it's important to start supporting it early. Roman T support. That's what you need. That's what you got to get. It's meant to help maintain their body's natural testosterone production. Roman T support is a proprietary supplement formulated by Roman's in-house doctors. You can't find this blend anywhere else. So here's what I want you to do to help out your testosterone level, to help out men's health. Go to GetRoman.com slash world today. If approved, you'll get $50 off your first order of Roman T support. That's GetRoman.com slash world. GetRoman.com slash world. I need people to appreciate that when I do ad reads without my glasses on, that it is tremendously hard for me to see. And the fact that I get through every single one, I deserve an award. Or just put your glasses on, you know, and be like, it's like I deserve and there's a credit so I deserve credit for pushing my car all the way down the street. It's like, well, you could just put gas in it. <laughs> all right, and here is our, if you want some more fun, here's our friend Clem. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we welcome on to the show our good friend Clem, Barstool Clem. Ran, we ran into you at, at FanFest, so it was very good seeing you the other day. I was very surprised. Um, my question though is how come you didn't bring the kids to come see the van? I literally had candy in it. So I happened to pull up right next to you guys. I, I was, you know, the, the parking lot, it's like, there's so many spaces open. You're not used to it. Boy, it's like, just park the goddamn car right now. It's like, honey, you don't understand. Like I could, I have the pick of the litter right now. Cause we always go to the same spot when we tailgate. And then I've got out and I was like, all right, I, I'm going to find the talking giants guys. And you were the next, like, like 10 feet away, but you guys had just started recording. Then the kids went in for fan fest. You know, you guys, I, I didn't even get to meet LPG. I thought I'd finally get to meet the legend himself. I didn't get to do it, but I got to meet the entertainer. I got to meet the uh, New York revival guys and you know, some fans and stuff which was really cool uh but i wanted them to meet uncle bobby you had the can the the van with some candy and stuff like that and you said oh yeah i want to meet the kids i'll give and i said if you take the kids you're gonna raise them for like a week and i'm gonna have me some fun you know and, and actually be like a regular human again i haven't been that for seven and a half years now since my my daughter was born so uh it was awesome seeing you guys i didn't also this is a very common thing and i i apologize if, if you don't like it bobby but no one realizes that you are a man mountain of a human so i <laughs> Everyone just is like, 
Like they, I took a picture. It was me, Justin, and you. And me and Justin are are not like little shrinking violets. You sunned us. He looks like you took your two kids to Fan Fest. So I became your kid during Fan Fest. So in a way, you did get to meet my kids. And my kids was me compared to Uncle Bobby looking like I got. Yeah, and I, Uncle Bobby. I, I, a bunch of people are like, I think we just found our swing tackle. Bobby Skinner is our swing tackle. I used to always make the joke being like, you don't really want the Giants to be bad, that bad, do you? But with like with all the injuries piling up, I'm starting to be like, you know what? Like Roy and Batika has only played pads, football pads for eight days, and he's our backup tackle right now. Like maybe <laughs> I do actually have a shot. <laughs> um, but FanFest was awesome. It was great meeting you guys. And uh, shout out everyone who came out. Channel Candlebook Diner, obviously, supplying the food. Oh, wow. My kids were so goddamn hot by the end of it. I said, uh, yeah, and they were like, you know, I want to eat. I want to do everything but watch the practice. And I said, yeah, I'm not spending $100 on you guys to go into the game anymore. <laughs> Since Damaris decided to take away that you could bring your kid and have them sit on your lap, that rule is gone now. So I was like, yeah, you guys won't be seeing this. This is when daddy gets to, you know, get blackout drunk one Sunday a year, which is the <laughs> Panther game. If anyone's going to be there, I can't wait to see some people at the Panthers game. Which yes. is funny. My my The drunkest I ever get is usually sometime during training camp every year. Last year, it was at a Mets rain out in the first inning where we were <laughs> sitting there just pounding drinks waiting for the end. And then and then fan fest uh this year was probably like the most since then so it, it was it was good uh maybe it maybe it was good that we didn't get to get to meet the kids out you know i would have been like putting them on top of railings or something you know florida man unleashed <laughs> yeah but no it was definitely it was a uh, definitely a good time uh well, let's get into some of the giant stuff though we'll start with some like actual football like stuff hmm. year four where are you at with daniel jones and the dan wagon so I'm riding this motherfucker till the brakes roll off until it explodes in flames, which I mean, at this rate, there's the check engine light is on. There is some smoke coming, but I'm like, I'm telling you, this girl, she can get me there. And the fact that I'm a Mets Giants gypsy, so I've seen my Mets completely turn it around. Granted, that was with a new owner and we kind of saw this coming, but I'm like, if the Mets can do it. Daniel Jones can do it. I was alive for Eli Manning's first few years when they were burning his jerseys, booing him, you know, wanted him trade a cut, not his, his option, not picked up, whatever it was back then. And I, I'm i riding with my guy. I am I root for the Giants. I root for Daniel Jones. It sounds like an old man thing to say, probably because I am an old man. But we've all seen it. All the people that are trashing him now and said, I told you back in 2019 when they drafted him, they also said at the end of 2019, this guy is, is legit. All we need to do is have Shermer learn how to call some better plays, get some health, and, you know, everyone – 24 and 12. That's all I could think of. 24 and 12, his rookie year had a lot of fumbles, like a lot of rookie quarterbacks do. Had a terrible offensive line, not a great offense. Pat Shermer as his head coach. And then he was given the worst offensive coordinator in the goddamn world for the last two years. We just screwed this. I'm John Mara, the one thing he said right in the last like decade is we screwed up this kid so much. And it's like, I don't know. I'm I'm loyal to a fault. I'm half Italian, half Irish. I think it's the Irish side of me where I'm just stubborn as I guess it's two stubborn uh, nationalities right there. So I'm riding with my dude till the brakes come off. I did this with Bran Stark. I started. That's how it started was the Bran wagon. Spoiler alert for Game of Thrones. He ends up becoming the king at the end of it. So oh. I'm like, if I rode with Bran all the way through, Daniel Jones is fucking at least he had 24 and 12 his rookie year. What was most frustrating, though, is that you mentioned all those things and we sh we could have been doing this year two years ago in his second year yes. instead we fired the fired the better of the two of gettleman and Shermer. keep gettleman bring in jason garrett uh you know nate solder still lingering around and, and causing issues and it's like we should have been doing this after you know after after rookie year 
uh daniel jones not you know contract you know like you said uh option not uh picked up where it's like he has to kind of be like really good like really really good to even get a chance next year where it's like even like progress like if he can make progress and they're still like all right sayonara see you later but um, it's so frustrating man and and you said like i can live with garrett being a mistake that I, 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 there's many things I want to know that happened inside those, the walls of Giants HQ. I want to know if it was actually John Mara who, you know, demanded Garrett get hired. So Judge had a, a coach with head coaching experience, or if it was honestly Judge's call, who, by the way, Dable was his like first pick, right? Didn't he want Dable to come down? Yeah, which is funny enough. And, and, and Dable wanted to come two yeah. years in a row, even, uh, oh. people, People think, oh, well, he had Josh Allen, that great offense. Why would he leave for the Giants? He was not happy with McDermott. And, like, Dable wanted to be the Giants offensive coordinator, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, it's it's like sliding glass door. And uh, and and then what's his name? With Shermer, it was uh, Stefanski, you know? And it's like, it's just we cannot catch a break with, like, we couldn't catch a break with these coordinators. And now that uh, it's like, but you guys, you guys hammered the point home. And I, I agree with a lot of the stuff you guys say, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's, I'm just busting balls. It's a good thing. The, it depends um, on what, like, you know, what burn met life of, down, of, first of yeah. all, but agree with that wholeheartedly. And you guys screwed up the first year, whatever it is, what it is. If you watch the 2020 game tape and said, all right, let's bring Jason Garrett back for a second year. That's where it all just falls apart for me. And there's plenty of stuff that Gettleman saw out there that was absolutely horrid and terrible that he didn't fix. Um, but that's, you know, one a at the top of the list and it screws up the quarterback, which then screws up your entire football club. And now we're in this weird limbo land where Daniel Jones has to play well, stay healthy, which is Kind of the hidden thing in all this is that he gets hurt every year. Um, but at the same point, I'm a dumb idiot fan that'll look at Josh, Josh Allen Heights and go, uh, uh, he was bad his rookie year and he got better with Dable. So he's going to be better like that. Daniel Jones will be fine. So I'm an, I'm a fan. I'm going to root for my guys and I've kind of staked my claim. And again, uh, I'm, I'm long winded here. I apologize. I had to hear how long that the Giants made the mistake for for not drafting Dwayne Haskins. Rest in peace. But like, I think we could just stop with that narrative now, and we could just, you know, we had a guy hasn't worked out as good, but I don't know how much of it is him, how much of it is the Giants. Hopefully, we find out this year. All right, so we're excited about you know Dable, Shane, etc. But there was a part of me that really learned this through training camp, attending every single day. I hate that Brian Dable and Joe Shane aren't as fun and entertaining as Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman. So do you also hate that? I'll tell you, it's the gift and the curse of being a content creator, which I hate that term so much, but it's the truth. Like every single day I had something I could write about, make a video about <laughs> running laps. Uh, Gettleman saying like the dumbest thing you've ever heard since the last quote he said. Yep. I would, and I, I, Called him Gettlefinger. I'm like, he doesn't believe this stuff. But again, the Game of Thrones reference, like he's truly just trying to create chaos. And throughout the <laughs> chaos, somehow the Giants are going to rise and climb the ladder. Uh, and it turns out I was dead wrong. It it does stink for us. Like it's we had the uh, Brian Dable leaving his truck. That'll be that's the high point of his era so far. Hopefully, faked, we get better faked than that. and staged video. By the way, was not real. Not real at all. And I the, think he said the briefcase was empty on WFAN. <laughs> That's incredible. And I love how the hour later, the Bears had, like, I think their GM arriving and it was in the dark. I'm like, oh, man, the Bears are really serious. It was dark when their GM arrived. And it's like, dude, the social media guy had to wake up like two hours early, get all his equipment, <laughs> stage it all out. That's the true hero of those videos, in my opinion. So uh, it, it does suck for the content. However, uh, being, again, a guy who does Met stuff. 
having a winning team will trump it all. But at the same point, like I, I there, there, there is a huge hole in my heart for the Joe Judge. You know, this team, the blue collarness. Mm-hmm. I had, we all had fun with it. We, you know, you guys ran your laps around MetLife. I ran around my house every single night. Uh, it's something that I'm sorry it's gone, but uh, at the same point one of these years we have to have a winning record for one second during the season. Right. Yeah. Winning does Trump. I mean, like it's crazy. Like December is still like our most downloaded month in podcast history, which featured Jake Fromm and, and uh, Mike Glennon as the quarterbacks, which is crazy. But it's like when you do win, like the saints game will always be our most downloaded week because it was, you know, Daniel Jones, 400 yards overtime winner. So that always trumps all. And we're all fans. So we want to see winning more, but I will say with the lap stuff, like you stayed strong. Uh, I, I give you credit. You stayed strong for like the entire season. Um, but I started our fan fest show with like, I do not regret doing that one bit running the laps. Like it was fun. Uh, Joe judge hype going into last year was earned maybe a little too much, but it was earned. So I, I, I will never regret running the laps. If you can't have fun doing the Joe judge stuff, the laps, the, I mean, when he slid in the ground with the hose to get the fumble, remember that was like the highlight oh, yeah, of the Joe insane. judge era. That went off. <laughs> um, if you can't have fun doing that, then you just did not have fun. Basically the saints game there might have like, we hated that. We, we like declared war on Doug Peterson after, you know, they, <laughs> they gave up the last week of the season. There was not a lot of fun to be had, but it's like every week I had a lap to run, usually after a loss, but I did my post, my victory laps as well, where I walked around the house instead of ran. And it's like, you just have to have fun with stuff. I, I, that, that's the one thing. This is supposed to be fun. People forget that being a sports fan or a Giants fan is supposed to be fun because there hasn't been a lot of it, but it is supposed to be it. And again, I take it back to the Mets. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like this is my hobby that I do instead of the thing that just makes me depressed for six months of the year before the Giants come in and do the same for, thing for me the next six months of the year. Brian Dable followed you on Twitter. Have you said sup? And do you think it's actually him? Uh, it's he, There's no chance he hit the follow button. There's no chance he's probably even opened the Twitter yet. Well, I did see he deleted every single tweet when he became the Giants head coach. I think he has like zero tweets now. That is the best news I've heard. I, I, my opinion of Brian Dable just went up 10% based on that. Always delete your tweets. You're a prospect, you're a coach, whatever it is, delete your old tweets. Don't get, you know, the world we live in, you can get called out for something that. Well, it wasn't even like that. It's like, you know, like college recruiting stuff. And he just, like, I think he's at zero. I'll look it up while you're talking about it. I think he, like, just went to zero tweets ever. I'm, I love it. I'm too scared to, uh, to write to anybody who follows me. Uh, so Dable, like I, I thought I'd do like a tweet. Like I don't even like doing that. Like at Brian Dable follows me, but I was just like, it's kind of like with judge. I'm trying to find my angle with Brian Dable. And so far he's praying, playing it pretty uh, close to the best. Like, do you guys, I can't, I don't feel like we can call him Dave's yet. He says, all oh, my friends call me Dave's. I've never met him. He follows me, but that means nothing. Do we call him Dave's or is it like I called coach judge coach because that's a very coach judge thing to do. I don't know if I could even call him Dabes, let alone DM him or tweet at him. I feel like, especially recently, Bobby, you're muted trying to talk. I feel every time that he's talked in a press conference, especially as the offense has gotten a lot worse, I, I'm i with you. I don't know if I feel comfortable calling him Dabes because he's like miserable. He's like not a happy human being when he talks to the media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, my name, people don't like when I say my name, but my name is Justin Clemenza and they call me Clem. People think I was born with one name, you know, yeah. like Yoda. And when they find out, it like blows their mind. But it's like, 
I used to be like, hey, by the way, you got you can call me Clem if you want, blah, blah, blah. Now I just introduce myself as Clem. I hope people are comfortable with me saying that. But Dave's, that does feel like we're not at that level yet. It's kind mm-hmm. of the holding hands level of a relationship. And I want to get there with him. But he has to prove to me that it's we're that close. That's very when fair. I, when I met him, I just go to my like cool line. I go, I just go, what's, what's going on, player? Like, I, I just call <laughs> him. That's my like, I'm still hip kind of thing at 30 years old. I just call people player. You're a cool guy though, too, Bobby. Like I think you, like you said, you're like a, you're a tall dude. You're a big dude. So like you kind of own it. You told me to be easy. You're like I was like, hey man, nice meeting you guys. You're like, hey, <laughs> that's Clem, my be other easy. go-to when I say I'll goodbye. S- be easy. And I fucking, you know what I did? The rest of the day, I was easy. I've never, like, I, I think I usually carry myself pretty easy, but I made sure that I was easy the rest of the day. Like my kids were doing stuff and I didn't yell at them. I was like, yo, just be easy, Glenn. And I was he, also feeling really confident. Like I said, that's probably the most, most I drink since Mets last. I mean, I was literally like walk, dancing while I walk. I never do that stuff. Like I was having a good time. Uh, and it. then I was like, oh God, I, I'm supposed to watch this practice. Like people were like talking about the practice, like breaking down. And I was like, whoa, I forgot that people are like here to actually watch the Giants. I'm just chilling. <laughs> did you now, by the way, that was incredible that you met him. I forgot you met him. Did you, ha- did we get a handshake? Was it like a handshake or anything like that? Yeah, just a, just a reg- regular man to man handshake. How strong was the grip? Mm, good question. I will say, I think it was just normal because I don't remember it. It wasn't some limp hand and it wasn't like, I'm going to try and break your hand grip. So it was, I think it was just a normal, you know, shake your hand thing, which is, which is what I I go for. I don't want, I I don't want, I don't want a limp hand, but I also don't want like Adrian Peterson, like, Ooh, look how tough I am. I'm going to try and break your hand while I shake it. Yeah. You're a fan. You don't want a limp, limp hand is like. I mean, I guarantee Shermer had the limpest handshake. Fire on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Shermer had the limpest handshake of all time. But you don't want a guy trying to like fight scripts and breaking your hand because you're a fan. You're 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 here. So all right. So I feel good. Judge probably had he probably went a little hard out. And Mm -hmm. again, I think we're all judge guys here where he was given a raw deal here. He also was given that raw. He got hired because Dave Gentleman was Gettleman was the GM. So it's kind of like the only reason you got the job is because there was a boob in in charge. And when he wins three Super Bowls, the Patriots in 20 years, I'm gonna be like, "Eh, we could have had that guy, is what it is. Do you believe that us as fans well, I mean we did this with the running laps so but do you believe that us as fans and what we do contribute to the team's success Are you saying there's another option of course 1000% we okay. talked about this on your video series right when I had when I was with you in snacks where it's like you know your team has a chance to be good or you you've tricked yourself by where you sit on the couch. I used to, when I, I sit down, this was still when 2011 was kind of fresh in my brain, sit down, get up a little, then sit down again. Yes. Probably at some point during that Super Bowl run, that got into my mind. So I think we might, the question is, Justin, do we have more, do we impact the team's success more than the players on the field? And I would say probably 51, 49, <laughs> us to the players. So what voodoo black magic do we need to do to stop these Giants injuries from happening? Well, because I'm going to I, I don't know what to do. I'm getting I'm a, overwhelmed. You know, <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> I'm a juju guy, too. So I, and I, I'm, I'm scared to even say this, but I feel like in the past, it's been even worse. I used to uh, when Sterling Shepard, I don't know if you remember when Shepard got hurt that one time and he got carted off and we were all oh, like, that oh. one time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The whole time. Our damn wagon shirts. I put Golden Tate on the shirt instead of Sterling Shepard. I'm like, well, Shep's a home guy and he's been. I go, yeah, he'll be hurt by week one. So I'd rather have someone who might be playing. Turns out Golden Tate, you know, he had the suspension and then he got hurt his own his own amount. Uh, I used to do fidget spinners and I somehow brought Shepard back to life. But then we like lost 100 games. So I don't really know. I think just 
there needs to be, and I hate to bring this up to the listeners and they don't see it coming, but it always is in there. The boat trip needs to be flipped upside down. It just okay. has to, someone has to take a trip. We burn a boat. Bobby, you probably have some. Burn a boat. Ooh, that's actually not a bad idea. There has to be some <laughs> like abandoned boats in Florida. You could just. There literally is like right on like the river for the bridge to the beach. There's just abandoned boats out there. There we go. We, you know, it's in Florida, same state. I mean, if you even go down to uh, Miami, you might get in trouble for that. The, the cops are probably a little more uh, on top of things than other parts of Florida. But if we burn a boat, and we say maybe throw some giants, you know, stuff on there and we just burn it and we've made our sacrifices to the gods. Everything will be all right. Because, again, okay. I like big that. juju guy. I buried a football last year after the Washington game, which we will not speak of ever again. Right. At the <laughs> offsides. And I buried the football because that's a coach. It felt like a coach judge thing to do. You bury the ball. You move on. Dan Campbell did it like a second week as a head coach. It was incredible. <laughs> or I guess Aaron Glenn technically did it, but the Lions did it. And. I buried the football. This football, and Bobby, you can appreciate this as a Florida guy, was the best beach football in the world. It was it was red and blue. It doesn't have a Giants logo, but it, you know, I considered my Giants football. And I was like, you know what? We have to move on from this. I, at that time, I thought we were going to, uh, you know, make a playoff run with this team because we were all in on the Galladay signing. Everything seemed good. I buried the football. Turned out I was just burying the Joe Jojara basically in my mm. backyard. However, I was mowing the lawn a month ago and – the football there's a hole where the football is and the football is poking out so could be due to like the climate change or the like unbelievable drought we've had here or erosion i don't know i choose to believe that it is a sign that the giants are coming back from the dead little john snow it's my third game of throwing reference for those keeping track at home little john snow rising from the dead and this is like the sign like new era new giants we are back so all we need is a boat to burn. And I think we're basically back on easy street. So uh, Justin, to answer your question, long winded, just burn the boat and everything falls into place. Okay. You're, you're doing game of Thrones references. Our, our listeners are going to love it. I think me and Justin, maybe the only people that have never watched game <laughs> no, of Thrones. Never. <laughs> Don't watch the last two seasons. If you have ended up and, catching up with us. <laughs> and it's, well, it Justin's from the point of angle where he just doesn't keep up with anything. And I'm still like, like, you know, I'm I'm a big believer of let people enjoy what they want, but I remember when the Game of Thrones was highest, and I was, you know, I, I tried to not be that guy, but I was like, well, why is everyone watching like Dungeons and Dragons? Even though I even though I would get hooked if I watched it, I know I would, but I just refuse. Yeah, the whole world is nerds now. It turns out, like people are like who watches these Marvel movies. I'm like, uh, the one that just set the record for most, you know, tickets sold <laughs> yeah. ever and billion dollars every single time. Yeah, th that many people watch it. Um. Let's, what's your biggest so what's your biggest worry for just this year's Giants? Biggest worry is by far the secondary cornerback. I guess I should say more more so than just saying secondary in general because I do think McKinney is going to become a stud for us and <laughs> love Julian Love in in Madden. I played a season with the updated rosters and Julian Love became really really good. He had a pick six in the Super Bowl, so that was awesome. Huge, but, yeah, exactly. But however. I mean, we're pinning our hopes on a Dory Jackson staying healthy, right? And it's like, well, it, the secondary could be all right if a Dory Jackson is healthy. Not going to put my hopes on that unless Bobby burns the boat. Uh, Aaron Robinson, like, I, I'm, he's the guy that I'm going to blindly believe is going to be good just based on random, you know, quotes about him throughout his, like, not even this year, last year, like, from the draft. That's what I'm going to choose to believe. And I honestly think, like, we're one injury away from it just being hell. Then my dumb fan brain says, listen, Wink's going to send so much blitzing. It's going to, it's going to all, it's going to all be fine. We have pass rushers now, even though 
as soon as the Ravens secondary got so decimated, that's when they started giving up points. My dumb brain isn't gonna isn't gonna listen to that logic, and it's just gonna say everything's gonna be all right. Wink is perfect for us. And I made this I made this I I, I made this take a few uh, months ago, and I'm sticking by it. The Giants are going to sign a cornerback at the end of camp when everyone does their little lake cuts. It's going to be a veteran, not going to be a great guy, maybe a guy that was like really good back in the day. And it's going to be like, does he have one more season? And the Giants' entire season will hinge on that one random veteran that's probably like 34 and has added like 0.3 on his 40 time at least. <laughs> I think Isaac Hidam's still available. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, the, the ghosts of Giants cornerback pass is a dangerous game to play. A shout out DeAndre Baker. I saw he's out there, right? I mean, Bobby, me and Bobby were like one of the seven people watching those uh, hearings in Florida back in the day. Remember that? Dude, I, I remember that. I remember I was, I was live. To, I was periscoping them. Yes, periscoping. I was like, oh my God. You know, I remember um, what it was Bradford Cohen, right? Yes, the Bradford lawyer. Cohen. He was dunking on, on the, the uh, defense attorney. Yeah, no, I'm no so the, prosecutor. The, uh, the, prosecutor. the prosecutor. He was like, "Your walls are very barren." <laughs> uh, was just dunking all over him. Um, I think if there's anything that me and Justin predicted correctly, it was the DeAndre Baker. How I mean, we said like it looks like they're being set up. This wasn't your normal barbecue. They tried to they tried to take these guys as suckers, and they weren't suckers. Um, and then because of the bribery, I was like, the, I, I was like, I could see this case getting dropped. I mean, we called it. But DeAndre Baker ended up just sucking, so it didn't matter anyways. Yeah, uh, thank God. I, I love Bobby, too. He's like, I'm, I'm from Florida. Trust me. This stuff happens all the time down here. He's fine. It, it's not going to – and they said he was playing Madden well, People were saying room. he's going to go to prison for like 17 years. I was like, I was like, no. that's, I was like that's not going to happen. I was like, I, I'd be surprised if he got one month in jail. Uh, that was a wild case. And by the way, though, that was like two years ago. It feels like it was 20 years ago. It was only two years ago because mm-hmm. our brains got all like mishmashed during the pandemic. It was fucking wild. Bobby, we have two questions left. I got my uh, – so we had the final interview question, so you hit, hit us with your last All one. All right. If you could assign – you did a Little Debbie's food review, all the, mm-hmm. all the ice creams. If you could assign one of those Little Debbie flavors to how you feel about the Giants heading into this year, what flavor would you assign it? Good question. Good question. I'm going to say – I'm going to say it's Zebra Cakes. And <laughs> Tell me is, about that. <laughs> if, if you've had a zebra cake, there's some good stuff. And I love my girl Debbie. If you it's know, little, you know. Little lesser quality, maybe than the hostess, at least in terms of the price and stuff like that. Um, but I'm as a zebra cake guy. I was saying with that ice cream, like this is going to be good. It's going to be better than you expect, and everything just may be all right in the end. And you guys have said like records and stuff like that. That's like the zebra cake. It's the nine and eight. Of the little Debbie treats, you just fin- you answered the last two questions all in one. So you're going nine and eight with the record prediction. I, I was gonna, as I was saying, and I'm like, that's usually Bobby's last question. To everyone is, what's your <laughs> record prediction? Even though everyone says it and blah blah blah, it's it's because the schedule is is like easyish. And I listen. And everyone has said it. You never know what the schedule is going to look like. If you're just going over unders and stuff like that, you could figure out what you know whose team or your, the teams you're playing, what Vegas thinks of them and stuff like that. So that plus. You just like we're due for some goddamn luck, right? We're just due for some luck, yes. some injury luck, some actual bounces of the ball luck, whatever it may be, just people being competent. And then as like the Dan Wagon guy, I gotta kind of say, like, my guy's gonna play good, he's gonna stay healthy. Um, I wish young Joker wasn't already hurt. That would help that would help everyone involved. And Kenny Galladay, I am starting to officially worry about now. Um, but at this point, it's like 
what's the point of being a fan if you're not believing in it? So zebra cakes are the nine and eight of little Debbie's and uh, that's what the New York Giants are going to be. It's uh, right now we're in a weird spot as far as like analyze, uh, analyzing the Giants because in practice, the blitzes that I mean, Wick Martindale is just like causing like terror on the offense <laughs> right now. Um, but in preseason, you're not you're facing vanilla stuff. So the answer is like you're going to face something in between that. Like you're not going to face those Wink Martindale just terror blitzes every week. And also Wink Martindale is going to feel a little more confident in practice because it's practice. Um, so if Aaron Robinson gets beat, it's not as big of a deal. Yep. Um, so it's just been like it's somewhere in between. So I I, I liked what I saw from the like the offensive just scheme overall. Like uh on on that Patriots game so that kind of got me a little hyped up but then you watch practice and that gets you down low so I do think it's going to be somewhere in the middle with the offense um and the, like you said this my question is can the defense not just totally lose us games if they don't totally lose us games I think we'll be in that area if the defense is doing that uh then I think we'll be like down towards the, towards the bottom but i just want to beat bad teams this year that's all i want yeah yeah just be the good bad team or whatever they say and remember when we were the first game of the season against the steelers in 2020 where the defense actually was like competent like oh my god we have a competent defense again that might be out the window now but if we have anything close to that in terms of just like performance obviously it's gonna be a much different defense i'll be happy and hearing you say that bobby because like i i lean on you guys for you know you're with the eye stuff justin as a stat stuff i lean on you guys i'm like all right i buried the football out back now let's see what the talking giants guys have to say about what's actually happening on the field there so put these all together if we can like you said just have like a a good off a good even it's so sad i can't just say can we have a good offense this year it's like an above average offense i'll be happy with our our tackles look good we have them for the next 10 years no matter who they're blocking for as the quarterback um I'll be happy. So I guess I guess we'll see. Well, Clem, we appreciate you. We need a picture of the football popping out of the ground. Yes, um, I'll send we, that over. We, we we need that big time. So we appreciate you, um, all your work, all your support, um, and and, uh, and and I'm not talking about like your work at Barstool, like for the Giants, like you you know all the work and the support for the Giants because <laughs> it it's definitely needed, man. We appreciate you. I'm going to do as much as I can. I'll try to think of an angle for Coach Dable. You work on the burning of the boat. I'll figure out some sort of a juju thing to do here and uh, see motherfuckers in the playoffs. Sounds good. <laughs> and you were you were worried about – yeah. Could you – just think about how hyped we were to try and make the playoffs at 6 and 10 two years ago. Imagine if we make it at like 8 and 9 or 9 and 8 or something. I, um, I always say – and this kind of holds true to the Giants fans too. Mets fans are like cicadas. We're – we're dead. You forget about us for like a decade. And then we come out and we're the loudest motherfuckers. And we're like, Oh God, they're back. That's what I want the giants fans to be. And people are like, Oh no, we win the game against the Titans, beat the Panthers. And it's like, Oh, we're above 500. And we're, you know, and then we keep, you, you let it roll. And they're like, Oh, these assholes are going to be obnoxious. The Cowboys fans are kind of like that too. Right. When they're actually good. So if we can get to that level, I'll be very, very happy. So that's kind of the goal for the season. We I haven't guess. even got a chance to be obnoxious. Like we haven't won a week one or week two game since 2016. Yeah, you know, we're like we had a four game win streak that like brought us to five and seven at one point. We're leading the division, and oh, we were. Tro I mean, we were trolling every fan base. We were making troll posts and then using burner accounts to send it to the other fan bases <laughs> to get people riled up. That's how. <laughs> that's how much that four game win streak did and, for and us. It's like, look at this tweet. Now, how good do you think this team is? What's their record? And you're like, oh man, like I don't know, thirteen and three. It's like, no, six and ten. <laughs> they're they're not very good. Yeah. Again, it's little things like Evan Neal changing to 73. It's like, all right, he's going to now be Evan Neal from Alabama. They play Evan Edwin Diaz's song during camp. Well, now the Giants are going to become 
a force like Edwin Diaz does when he has the trumpets play for him. So that kind of thinking, that's my side of the equation. Now I need you guys to figure out again the the Bobby with the tape, Justin with the stats, and again, we are going to be loud and obnoxious because the worst is the people that have been kicked down for years. Jets fans, I don't even want to think of the thought of them ever being good because we'll never hear the end of it. But us, loud New Yorkers, it's the absolute best. Thanks again. Appreciate you. This is an interview. That was an interview? That's an interview. <laughs> I don't know how to finish them. <laughs> hey, Shirley, man, hope I never get back in there. I will kick your College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly. Win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place the same game parlay for a shot and even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets in, uh, into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. By the way... When I was in New Jersey, I was like, you know what? I'm in New Jersey for two weeks. I'm, let me uh, put some money on DraftKings. I was up 20 bucks for the entire uh, trip. What are you walking away with? I, I, well, I, was, I was up 20 bucks. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I was like, I'm going to put 20 bucks on the Steelers to cover the three and a half point spread. And then the over in that preseason game. And it's they started up 14. I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit this. And then it's a tie game at the end. Like, uh, the Steelers punt with a minute left. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely not getting this. Then the Seahawks fumble on the first play. The Steelers get the ball back, which gave me some life. But I was like, you know what? They're still probably not going to score a touchdown. They'll probably kick a field goal. So they get down the field goal range at like the 35. And Pickett throws like a 15-yard curl. The guy breaks the tackle and scores a touchdown. I'm up 70 bucks on, on DraftKings after, after I head out. So steal their money like I get it. DraftKings is safe and uh, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code JOHNBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. One per new customer minimum five dollar deposit and wager uh two two hundred dollars issued as eight twenty five dollar free bets Are you and just in looking... indiana call 1-800-9 with it were you just looking to extend that there no that was that's in it oh really yeah new all right thanks again clem for coming on the show really do appreciate you We'll be back with some PPPs, and then Friday, I think we're gonna have Patricia Train on. So some, some we'll, we'll we're finally gonna truly need a beat reporter on the podcast because we're not gonna be at camp this week. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. Anything else, Justin? Before we get out of here, no. Oh, we'll see you for a game preview pod. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do some preview stuff. Things we're looking for. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, let's go big blue.